Thank you for spending another midweek moment with WPT. I'm John Jacobson. Today is Wednesday, the 15th of February, 2023. Before we get started, the next two-year state budget is on the horizon and we need your input. With a historic $7 billion surplus, make sure your voice is heard. Email info at WPTonline.org to share your thoughts and priorities for the next state budget. WPT cannot take a stand until you do. Email info at WPTonline.org. Happy Wednesday. I hope the first half of your week has been productive. I have to start off today, excuse me, like I never have before, issuing a retraction of sorts. I continued to reference Punxsutawney Phil over the past couple of weeks, and it caught the attention of a senator's senior staff member who grew up in Sun Prairie. He emailed me. He said Punxsutawney Phil is a fraud and that Jimmy the Groundhog is actually the authority on these types of weather prognostications. He said people tune into the midweek moment to get the facts. I apologize. So I quickly pulled up the Wikipedia page for Groundhog Day, and there's a part in there that talks about Jimmy the Groundhog in Sun Prairie. Listen to this. In the Midwest, Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, is the self-proclaimed groundhog capital of the world. This title was taken in response to the Punxsutawney Spirits 1952 newspaper article describing Sun Prairie as a, quote, remote two-cow village buried somewhere in the wilderness. In 2015, Jimmy the Groundhog bit the ear of Mayor John Freund, and the story quickly went viral worldwide. The next day, a mayoral proclamation absolved Jimmy of any wrongdoing. Of course it did. So he bit a mayor. God bless Jimmy. From here on out, we will only reference Jimmy the Groundhog of Sun Prairie on this program. Thanks, Zach. Also, kind of funny, Punxsutawney is talking crap about the size of Sun Prairie back in the 1950s. I'll bet they never imagined they'd have such a problem with meth in their city, but hey, that's why we don't judge. Let's jump into some news together. This evening, Governor Tony Evers is going to deliver his biennial budget address to a joint session of the Wisconsin State Legislature that will take place at, I think, 7 o'clock tonight in the Assembly Chamber of the Wisconsin State Capitol. Of course, Monday's Weekly Insider, we gave you a glimpse into some of the proposals that he will announce this evening. He has been issuing statements and kind of uh, hints and teasers at what's going to be in his state budget. So we're going to go through a few more and bear with me. We're going to walk through the actual language provided by the governor's office. Governor Evers announced his budget initiatives. He's saying to do what's best for kids and support K-12 schools. In all, the overall investment will be $2.6 billion in general and categorical aids for public schools, including $1 billion over the biennium through the state's general equalization aid formula, the second largest proposed direct investment in state general aid since the 1995-97 biennium, more than $1 billion increase in special education over the biennium, granting districts a sizable increase in revenue raising authority with per pupil revenue limit increases of 350 in fiscal year uh, 2023-24 and an additional 650 uh, in fiscal year 24 and 25. That means your property taxes, folks. A low revenue ceiling increase of $450 per pupil and an additional $750 per pupil in the second year of the biennium, increasing revenue limit equity among school districts. And it goes on. There is a portion about special education, $1 billion investment in special education aid, reaching 60% in both years of the biennium and going beyond. 
the fall proposal that the governor had announced with a historic and critical investment of $491.4 million in the first year of the biennium and $521 million in the second year. Also investing $1.6 million in fiscal year 2023 and 24, and about $6 million in the second year of the biennium. He also announced the Get Kids Ahead initiative, and he talked about increasing Medicaid support. He's recommending modifying the Medicaid school-based services to allow participating school districts to retain 100% of the federal funding received for those services, as opposed to the 60% that they currently receive. He also has things in here about giving more meals to kids, literacy and improving outcomes, So $10 million to fund comprehensive training for 28 new coaches in literacy and 28 professionals in early reading instruction practices. $10 million for 56 new positions seems like a lot. $4.9 $4.9 million over the biennium to engage multiple stakeholders. So that $4.9 million will go to uh, nonprofits called the Literacy Lab, Wisconsin Reading Corps, and Reach Out and Read. Um, those obviously supposedly provide services to kids uh, and to help them read. I can't stress enough what a generational crisis we are going through right now. Uh, with reading and math and just basic arithmetic in the state of Wisconsin. So it seems like a very, very small number statewide when you consider there are 421 school districts in the state of Wisconsin, and we're talking about $10 million for literacy. Oh, sorry, we go on here. There's another provide $10 million to the Milwaukee Math Partnership and Milwaukee Public Schools. So Milwaukee gets $10 million here as well. Supporting English learners, Governor Evers' budget improved school capacity to support English learners by investing $8.2 million in the first year of the biennium and $14.2 million in the second to increase reimbursement costs for schools with higher concentrations of English learners from 7.9% to 20% by the end of the biennium, and about $26 million per year for a new aid for English language acquisition program and $310,500 over the biennium to formalize the process for Wisconsin English learners to earn the seal of biliteracy and support districts that assist students in achieving this seal. The governor is also proposing making investments in the teacher workforce, supporting tribal partners, and additional student supports. He also freezes the enrollment for school choice programs around the state of Wisconsin, obviously giving parents less access to quality education for their students, particularly in school districts that are failing kids demonstrably. It's not a opinion of mine. It is an actual statistical fact. Moving on, I wanted to talk about the governor's plan to keep Major League Baseball and the Milwaukee Brewers for 20 more years in the state of Wisconsin. Governor Tony Evers announced yesterday a plan to keep Major League Baseball and the Milwaukee Brewers in Milwaukee for the next 20 years. The plan, released as part of the governor's budget, will include investing a small portion of the state's historic approximate $7 billion surplus to ensure the Milwaukee Brewers remain in Milwaukee until 2043. I grew up not too far uh, from the stadium in Wauwatosa, a huge fan, went to tons of games growing up with my family and as a young adult and when I was in college and all kinds of other things. Obviously, we want to see the Milwaukee Brewers stay in the state of Wisconsin, but we're talking about a pretty huge number here. We're talking about $290 million to the baseball park district from the state's surplus. 
the governor says many of which are only available on a one-time basis. The governor's proposed investment will be used to maintain, repair, and improve the baseball park's facilities at American Family Field. I still call it Miller Park. To ensure the baseball district can meet its existing lease obligations and responsibilities to the Brewers, the Milwaukee Brewers yesterday did send out a statement saying uh, that they were applauding the efforts to maintain American Family Field. Rick Schlesinger, the president of business operations for the Milwaukee Brewers, said the Brewers are committed to working with policymakers on both sides of the aisle to extend the life of American Family Field and help make Major League Baseball possible in Wisconsin for the next generation. This will require creative solutions that garner bipartisan support. We oppose the return of the five-county tax, and we're prepared to commit to a lease extension for the Brewers to remain at American Family Field through at least 2043. We are not asking for the stadium district to take on new financial obligations under the lease or for a new ballpark, just the resources to make sure the stadium district's existing obligations are met. As we said when the stadium district's funding shortfall first became known, we have remained focused on gathering facts and information that everyone can rely upon through a full capital needs assessment. This process of having Venue Solutions Group perform capital needs assessment combined with additional diligence by the state's consultation has established those facts. American Family Field has had a $2.5 billion statewide economic impact, created thousands of jobs, and made it possible for a team in a small market like Milwaukee to compete. We thank Governor Evers and the legislature for their consideration of this issue as we work with them, the stadium districts, and all key stakeholders on next steps. So uh, that's for you to decide, and we would love to hear where you stand on this issue. Obviously, email info at WPTonline.org or give us a call directly at 608-255-7473. If you are a member, we are very interested in your perspective. Obviously, the five-county area around Milwaukee. Um, it paid for the stadium and its maintenance through a sales tax that just expired a few years ago, uh, and now they need more money. Is it worth the state taxpayer investment to keep the Milwaukee Brewers here? I always hate this thing, though. Major League franchises threatening to leave uh, their homes uh, if the taxpayers don't subsidize operations, but it's a very unique situation in Milwaukee, and we want to hear from you. So with all this talk about surpluses and spending money, let's look to President Kelvin Coolidge, who said, The collection of taxes which are not absolutely required, which do not beyond reasonable doubt contribute to the public good, is only a species of legalized larceny. Under this republic, the rewards of industry belong to those who earn them. That's all for this week. Have a great rest of your week, and thanks for listening. Wisconsin Property Taxpayers, Inc. is a nonpartisan membership organization consisting of thousands of small business farm and homeowner members in every corner of the state. Founded in 1985, the organization is committed to providing its members with up-to-date information, legislative advocacy, and exclusive cost-saving benefits. Find out how to join at wptonline.org slash join.